Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Our very special guest today is a an expert on the issue of children actors. He was one himself and he was a very good one. Uh, Paul Peterson. You may if you remember him from Donna Reed then you're about as old as I am or a little older than that, but uh, it was a wonderful show. But Paul has spent his life trying to make things better for uh, individuals that are young people that are acting. And minor consideration is his organization. Paul, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, believe me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And, and the work, and I'm not kidding, it's not hyperbole. You've done some amazing work for for young folks and and you keep in touch with this crew of people who are really trying to concentrate on making things better for young actors. Is that how you spend the bulk of your time? Yes, it is. Uh, you know, I started this foundation uh, formally 25 years ago, but have been engaged in this work since 1977. Uh, after uh, writing uh, my 10th book was called Walt, Mickey, and Me, which took a look at um, the Mouseketeers, of which I was one of the original members back in 1955. And what I've uncovered, uh, sadly, is that children in the entertainment business are exempt from federal child labor laws. And where you work uh, can often determine the nature of your experience. But it's the long-term consequences that I'm most concerned about because people seem to think that you can become famous, uh, famous and wealthy before the age of 10, and it has no bearing on the rest of your life. And I'm here to tell you, it most certainly does. Now, in 1977, when you when you took this on, and that's an amazing amount of work, 10 books um, at that point. But at, in 1977, how much interest was there or how much concern was there for child actors? Because we, Well, frankly, uh, virtually none. Uh, th- this country... Uh, seems to have a, a blinkers on when it comes to the true state of the welfare of children, especially children who work. You know, it, it's astonishing to me that people do not give enough weight to the stark reality that children in the entertainment and sports business are exempt from federal child labor laws. And what that means is if you work in California where the rules are pretty good and are long-standing, that's one thing. But what happens if you work in North Carolina or if you work in Alabama? Uh, that, and in the world that we live in where the entertainment business has spread into every state, in fact, it's encouraged to uh, spread into every state, children can be at serious risk. No limitations on their hours, uh, no oversight, no uh, uh, studio teacher, welfare worker on site to protect the kids from overreaching parents or directors. And worse than that, the money that the children earn in every state except California doesn't even belong to them. When when you talk about 1977, it's, it's really pre-different strokes. Different strokes was a was a real, you know, almost harbinger or, or an, at least a a light being shined on, uh, shined on of what was really difficult, uh, a look, a difficult look at uh, child actors. 
And the three stars on there, Todd Bridges, who's who's still with us, is the only one who's still with us. And, That's right. And Gary Coleman, who was a superstar. I mean, let's face it, he was everywhere you can imagine. And yep. and Dana Plato, who had just a tragic end to her to her life. But Gary Coleman, the idea that he could generate millions and millions of dollars, and then you know, late in his life. Not even that late in his life, and while he was in his thirties and maybe even late twenties, he was a security guard at you know at some at at some place, and he was just getting a very you know minimal paycheck, and it became well. Go ahead. The awful part was that America blamed Gary, Uh, and it wasn't until a whole bunch of former kid stars under the banner of a minor consideration got together and changed the rules that Gary's condition was resolved in the California legislature. Here's the problem. The old rules, at least in California, but this is present in every other state, say the following. The parents of a working child are entitled to its custody, income, and services. So you see the same uh, rationale that um, Jackie Coogan's mom uh, spoke out loud in the Santa Monica court back in the 30s when she said to the court, Your Honor, I cannot steal what already belongs to me, was the same rule that so impacted Gary Coleman. Except for his Coogan funds, which were set aside by law, his parents owned the remainder. Hmm. That's just dead wrong. That's it's criminal. It's worse than medieval. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. If you're just tuning in, this is Frank McKay, and our very special guest today is someone who's who does incredible work. His life work has been dedicated to uh, to the minor consideration, the consideration of the minor child who's out there working, and in many cases, still still has. Oh, well, of course. Frank, look look at the world of reality television. I mean, the Goslins are a prime example of, you know, John and Kate plus eight. Six years on national television, the highest rated show on TLC, and uh, eight of the ten cast members. How absurd is that? Hmm. I mean, how can they get away with that? I mean, are, are there loopholes because it's reality TV? Is this a... Uh, is this a way that the networks have figured out how not to pay people by doing reality TV? Well, Ed, the producers have figured it out. Uh, the, the fact is they've filmed these shows in states uh, which are not known for their uh, uh, concern over working children. You know, it's not just kids in show business. Uh, it, we have five and a half mil- million children in the United States who go to work every day, most of them in agriculture. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the kids in in agriculture are also exempt from federal child labor laws. You know, in the 30s, there was an excuse when you could say, well, you know, the kids who work on the family farm are working for mom and dad or their aunts and uncles, and nobody would dare hurt them. Except you can't find a family farm today. It's time for the law to catch up with the reality. The Goslin children uh, were were under that the impression was for the people in Pennsylvania and in the rest of the country that mom and dad were doing the right thing by their children. But they weren't. That's the problem. And and the Discovery Communications Group admits that they made $200 million in profit by broadcasting John and Kate Plus 8. Pretty slick. Mm. And they didn't have to pay the kids 
who had television cameras in the bathroom, in their bedrooms, who had no privacy and whose lives have been so impacted, no protections for them at all. No choice either. They had no choice in the matter. Well, of course not. You know, <laughs> it's like I say, say to people when they say, well, Paul, how did you get started in show business? And I tell people the truth. My mom was bigger than me. Hmm. That's how I got started. On that subject, one day, uh, a couple of weeks back, I interviewed Stanley Livingston. He's just a wonderful yes. guy, and, and I know you know Stanley. And he was a child actor. He played Chip on yes, My Three Sons. Mm-hmm. And he also was on the Ozzy and Harriet show, two very long-running uh, TV shows. Now, he and his brother uh, Barry uh, were stars. I mean, absolute stars in their right. Now, I asked him, how did he do financially? And I, you know, not getting nosy, just had it. And he said, very well. And I said, when I talked to the Brady kids, and, you know, I've interviewed just about all of them, and, uh, and they've done horribly. And he said, quite frankly, I had a better agent than they had. Now, it, I don't know if he was being uh, flippant or, I, you know, and I think Stanley's mom was his agent, actually. Is that is that accurate? Well, I, that, that's half accurate. Um, he, he actually, here's, here's the truth. Go ahead. Uh, my three sons lasted 12 years. So that precisely that time when had the show come to a conclusion, he would have been most at risk. He worked, he and Barry worked right on through the difficult years. Of course, that includes Don Grady. Uh, and remember, Tim Considine, who was the older brother, uh, had already long since left the show. You know, a lot of things uh, that happen to um, former kid stars uh, depend on circumstance, on fate, on luck. And as it happened, uh, the Livingstons got to work for 12 years. Had that show ended five years before, they would have been at serious risk. Hmm. Yeah, 12 years. That's a long, long run. I mean, that's, you know, it's unheard of. I mean, unless you're talking well, about... Well, it's four years longer than my run on the Donna Reed show. Uh, four years. You were on the Donna Reed show for eight years. Eight years from 12 to 20. Now, how did you make out? Well, I did fine. Look, I'm a pretty tough kid. Nobody beat me up and nobody stole my money. Uh, what happened to me when the Donna Reed show finally finished its run uh, has happened to a lot of kid stars. Uh, you wake up one day, you don't have a job to go to, and the world has changed around you. Well, I, in 1966, when we went off the air, I was 21 years old. There were half a million troops in Vietnam, and uh, drug, sex, and rock and roll had infected the landscape. And the all-American boy that I portrayed, Jeff Stone, no longer fit. Hmm. Right. I mean, just like, you know, when you uh, get into the real world, what do you do at that point? Did you have enough (laughs) set aside, or did you continue to act, or did you go to college? Look, I wouldn't wish my 20s on anybody. Uh, It took about four years for the message to get through to me that my time in the sun was over. Uh, Mickey Rooney came to my house uh, in Encino, a beautiful house, uh, uh, unannounced, uninvited, and sat me down on my own couch and said, Paul, you've got to get out of town because they're not going to let you work for 25 years. Hmm. And you know something? He was absolutely right. So what did you do? Well, I finally got out of town, got back to my education, started my writing uh, career with Simon & Schuster and Random House, 
and didn't return to Southern California until, um, well, frankly, when Carl Betts uh, became so ill, and I wanted to be close to him and my uh, and my biological father. Hmm. I mean, it's a nightmare for uh, many of these child stars. Has it been therapeutic for you? And I don't know if that's the right word, but therapeutic being able to give back or pay it forward, so to speak. Absolutely. It it has enriched my life and helped me understand so many of the forces uh, I was subjected to. And uh, look, it's always good to help other people uh, because the return uh, is always far more than you give. Uh, I have I have witnessed miracles. I have seen former kid stars come right out of the gutter and get their lives back together. Uh, and of course, there's the satisfaction of having changed the rules uh, to protect kids. All the kids in California own the money that they earn now, and we want to make that uh, the, uh, a national. Uh, standard. Uh, and I say to people, this is the short version. I want the same rules for kids in show business as we have for animals. Let me tell you, you harm an animal during the production of a film or a television show, and there is hell to pay. Mm. The American Humane Association publishes uh, uh, comprehensive rules about the treatment of spiders and mice and, and birds, how come we don't have those same rules for kids? Jeez, you imagine? I, if you're just tuning in now, if you're just turning on your radio, this is Frank McKay, and I have the pleasure of speaking to a wonderful man, Paul Peterson, former child star, child actor, and you may know him from either the Mickey Mouse Club or the Donna Reed Show. What was the treatment, Paul, of the kids on the Mickey Mouse Show? Well, actually, it was very good. There's no better place for a child to work than on the Disney lot. I mean, it is uh, child-friendly. The people are extraordinarily careful about the reputation of the Disney uh, uh, Corporation itself. And it was a chorus line situation where the kids were all kind of grouped in a bunch, with the exception of Annette, who was a breakout star, a genuine star. Uh, and that, of course, caused its own measure of trouble. But the truth is, the kids had it pretty good. And remember, the Mouseketeers were only around for a couple of years. And since they were a fad, and like all fads, they faded from view. Hmm. But it led to other things for these folks. Uh, even the new Mouseketeers, I mean, in, in, in whatever that year that was, in the 80s uh, or, or 90s, it was Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears and... Right. There have actually been three troops, and, and you're right, uh, because the way we handle young performers who uh, who become celebrities is far different today than it was in the 50s or the 70s or even the 90s. Uh, now it's recognized that these uh, young performers uh, are great money machines. That's why you have uh, Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus and Selena Gomez, even Honey Boo Boo. Hmm. How is she making out? Are you witnessing anything there that that could be considered either uh, disconcerting or well, at at a minimum uh, disconcerting uh, fits the bill? Uh, actually, I'm, I, in in her mother's defense, I must say that family's been pretty careful. 
um, despite um, having a national television show, the kids aren't overly exposed. I know for a fact money is being set aside for them. And so far as I'm able to determine the uh, major uh, purchase in that family in the last five years was a six-year-old station wagon. So I actually am kind of hopeful, but no one will be able to protect Honey Boo Boo from the after effects of fame. That's going to be very difficult. Now, the the 24-hour news cycle, and I don't want to sound cliche here, but of course we live in a 24-hour news cycle, and we also live in the, the age of social media. Is it helpful or harmful for your cause? Well, it, actually, it, it's harmful. Uh, social media is yet another level level of threat that, frankly, uh, we have not come to grips with. We have seen, we seem to lost the notion of privacy, and that's terrible. Yeah, well, th- that's that's the bad part. But on the on the positive side, and again, I'm not trying to lead you here, but on the positive side, is it is it more difficult for people to to abuse? You know, say, uh, you know, a, a one of the Gosling kids or Honey Boo Boo, because uh, there's so many people watching. No, it, it, it's actually a more difficult world. We seem to have this blind spot when it comes to the true condition of kids in our society. Uh, here's something that will rock you. Yeah. Three to five children per day, per day now, are murdered by their parents or close relatives. <laughs> 1,800 and some odd kids per year are murdered by their parents. Mm. It's not a safe world for children. It, this is not the world I grew up in where, you know, you, you ran out of the house at 8.30 in the morning during the summer and your restriction was be home in time for dinner. You can't do that anymore. Mm. And what's the cause of that? Well, I, you know, <laughs> there's a million uh, Everything from taking fathers out of the family to removing God from our daily agenda, uh, declining education standards, and frankly, just moral slippage. That's what bothers me, I think, more than anything. Do you think the media has had a, a large role in that, or is it too easy to blame the media for that? Well, it's easy to blame them because they're guilty of sin. Uh, they they choose what to cover or, alternately, what not to cover. And uh, the idea that a Miley Cyrus can get up at age 17 and do a pole dance on national television uh, is absurd. And no one seemed to ask the pertinent question, who supplied the pole? Mm, right. Right. I mean, she came from from the Disney world. I'm sure Disney uh, wasn't crazy about that as a result. By the way, we have two minutes left. This is Frank McKay in this segment with Paul Peterson. Paul, do we have you for a second segment or are you on the run? No, I'm okay for a second segment. We're good. That'd be great. Now, when Miley Cyrus turned 17, I imagine the allure of, hey, I want to be an adult you know, player in this. And when I mean adult, I mean, you know, as a uh, grown-up player. And that was probably, you know, screaming to her. And she decided or somebody decided or helped her decide that, hey, look, we're going to have a career beyond Hannah Montana. Now, how do you stop that from happening? Those of us who have kids that are actors or singers, what do you suggest? 
and you've seen well, it all. You, it's very go ahead. There are simple guidelines here. The purpose of a child working is, they say, to afford a college education. So to me, when a kid, uh, I don't care what they're doing, when they graduate high school, they better be focused on going to college, independent of the industry, to get their head on straight. And those who do not do that are at serious risk. The ones who do do it, the Jody Fosters and the Ron Howards, they turn out great because they learn how to be grown-ups. Uh, and Brooke Shields is in that category, too. She was an Ivy League. Absolutely, without question. You know, uh, uh, I, I know who the success stories are. I root for them. I, I, I celebrate the fact that they could endure in a very difficult transition process. Uh, but the ones I worry about are people like Miley Cyrus. What happened to her education? What happened to character development? Who says that the adults who are getting a big hunk of, uh, of her income uh, have her best interest in mind? Paul, keep your it's thought. not so. Paul, keep your thought. We're taking a quick break here. We're coming right back with Paul Peterson from Minor Consideration. Just great work that he has done. This is Frank McKay. We'll be back right after this. Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. And we're back. This is Frank McKay, and I have the pleasure of speaking to Paul Peterson for minor consideration. Paul is a former child star, and he has spent his life trying to make things better for kids that work. Not only kids, not only kids that work in entertainment and in TV. But in, in general, and he's made such an impact. It's really been a well-spent life, if you ask me. If uh, I, I was thrilled to meet you, we met in Jersey briefly, and I, I, I saw it as a real honor. I mean, you really have have spent your life dedicated to this cause, and it's amazing. And Paul, well, there should I, be a I statue. Think, I, I think. Thank you for that. It, it, it's look. I think all of us, if we're lucky get that tap on our shoulder from a, from a higher source that says, I have a job for you. And if you are lucky enough to get that tap and to pay attention, the rewards are, are amazing. Uh, you know, I'm not alone in this, Frank. There are lots of people who, who are concerned about children in, in very real ways, whether it's human trafficking or children in, in textile sweatshops around the globe, including the United States, or the people who were trying to bring back educational standards because our kids are being cheated when it comes to education these days. Who are some of the the people that you work with? I know John Whitaker handles some uh, children's stars and Bill Moomy are yes. people that are very outspoken. Who works with you hand-in-hand hand well, on this? About, here, here's the short answer. There are about 600 former child stars who make up the core of a minor consideration and have since uh, our formal beginnings uh, January 1st or January 19th, 1990, when Rusty Hamer killed himself. But here's here's the great news. There is a whole new generation of former kid stars, 30 years and more younger than I, who have taken up the challenge of speaking for working kids. 
and they are a remarkable group, and I'm so proud of them. You know, I'm not going to be around forever, and as the CEO of this organization, I always worried about continuance. How can this fight continue? Because we aren't we aren't even close to being victorious. And wouldn't you know it, there are now over 130 youngsters, I call them youngsters because they are to me, uh, who are actively engaged in pursuing the mission of a minor consideration. And I, I think as a foundation, as an institution, uh, that this work is in very good hands. If you're just tuning in, Paul Peterson is our guest from Minor Consideration. This is Frank McKay. Let me ask you about a a horror show that's going on, and I don't want to sensationalize it or make light of it because it is a, a tragedy developing in front of us. When I look at Amanda Bynes and when I saw the amount of talent that girl had when my oldest kids were watching her, I mean, she was just a, a, a wonderful, talented girl on you know the Amanda show, Nickelodeon, just really, she shined. And when you see what's happening with her, is it is this something that we could look at and say, well, maybe maybe Amanda's bipolar, maybe this is something chemical, or is this something that that is connected, you believe, to um, her her upbringing on camera? Well, I, I believe it's connected absolutely. How can you separate it? All of us are the product of each day of our life. You can't take a young girl, any young person, and make them rich and famous for, say, 13, 14 years of their young life, and then pretend like it didn't happen. Look, Amanda is struggling to get her life back on track, and she needs secrets and silences. She needs to get away. And we're here to help her. Believe me, there are hundreds of former kid stars who've been down this road who, on the strength of a single phone call, will be there. The ones that really frighten me are the people who are surrounded by parents and management teams and producers who don't think to pick up the phone to ask us for our advice. You know, we charge nothing. There are no fees in a minor consideration. We don't get paid for helping people. We do this because because of our heart, because we feel we must. I, I didn't realize well, that. I say this, well, we say to show parents all, or show business parents all over, why didn't you call? It is not fun to have a parent come to me when their child has died or is in prison or is in rehab and say to me, why didn't I listen to you? Because I look at them and go, why didn't you call? There was no risk. I'm not a judgmental person. God, there's enough in my life to be embarrassed about. I, I, I'm not here to, to berate other people. We're here to help. Now, how can people get in contact with you? Is there a website? Uh, what's the easiest way for people to get in touch? Well, the easiest way is a Minor Considerations website, which is minorcon.org. Just Google Paul Peterson, and, and you will come up with not only my home telephone number, but my address. I'm not hiding from anybody. In fact, in the theatrical unions, it's kind of a joke. I'm one of the few performers who has told the switchboard, if people call looking for me, give them my number. Mm. I answer my own phone. That's admirable. That's really wonderful. And I tell you, you live it. You uh, you you talk it, but you back it up, one hundred percent. You are you are in this for the right reasons. You're uh, honestly, it's a well spent life and still going strong. Paul Peterson is our guest. This is Frank McKay, and I, you know I will 
I, I will mention this. When we were doing our TV show, we've been on the air for years in one form or another. And it's, yeah. it's a somewhat new venture. We have a syndicated show. And we have a syndicated television show. And one of my first guests was Dina Lohan. And I remember I said, Dina, would you take any responsibility? Can you take, because you keep blaming the media and you keep blaming everyone else. Do you take any responsibility for any of Lindsay's issues, any of the issues that she had? And, you know, it's on camera. You know, she said, and she thought about it. And she said, no. And I didn't want to, you know, I'm not Geraldo. I'm not here to, uh, to teach her, whatever. But, and I said to people afterwards, I said, you know, what about the idea that she took money? And I, this isn't to beat up Dina Lohan. I, I'm not. I'm not here to do this. But she took money from TMZ to go into her daughter's rehab and film. And I, 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 I it's just unforgivable. I, why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you dream of doing that? And to me, well, th- that was shocking. Just seeing a kid in show business tells you a lot about their parents. It is an unnatural act to put your children up for sale. Because that's what you're doing. Mm. And it is uh, particularly dangerous with a beautiful young daughter. And Dina Lohan is uh, not alone. She's one of legions of stage parents, going back to Gypsy Rose Lee and before that, uh, Baby Peggy, who was Diana Saracari. We know about these people. And every time you think show business parents are unique, go to uh, a gymnastics uh, meet sometime and watch the parents in the stands. Go to a high school football game or a little league game and watch the behavior of the parents in the stands. It is shameful beauty contest beauty contest are unbelievable oh that, they, they are to me the absolute worst talk about i imagine raising a daughter to be uh, a a a commodity a, a uh, ornamental fixture on the arm of a rich and powerful person how oh. sad yeah, I mean, that's that's disturbing. I mean, that's disturbing for sure. But what about you? Do you have children of your own? I do. Three grown children. Yes, indeed. I've got uh, my older boy is a neuroscientist at uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Uh, second son is a businessman here in Hollywood. And my daughter is uh, head, heading for her doctorate at Oregon State University, so all is well. Very, very successful uh, children. Did any one of them show the bug? Uh, did they get bit by the Hollywood bug? You know, frankly, they didn't because they uh, were intimately connected to me and, and my life, and <laughs> they knew better. Yeah, you wouldn't, would you have allowed it if they uh, were interested? Answer, no, uh, before the age of 18, absolutely not. It's a way to get distracted from the true purpose of childhood, which is education and character development. What a waste of time to go on the audition process, to spend five hours on the San Diego freeway to get to an interview where 500 uh, 500 other kids are. And if you get the job, it's one day and maybe you'll net a hundred bucks. What a waste of time. Mm. How many people that you deal with. You mentioned the 600 folks that are dedicating their life to this. How many of them feel the same way and they would prefer their kids not to be in show business? Well, the proof is in the pudding. You don't have to rely on my word. You think about all the kid stars who have ever been 
And among that group, there's only about five or six who've ever put their kids in show business. That ought to tell you something. Yeah, there there are a lot of there are a lot of legacies, though. There are people that are, you know, you talk about the Bridges family. I mean, you know, the three of them and they they seemingly are okay, And, you know, that's, uh, you know, Father Lloyd and then the two sons. But they probably started later. Right. They started later in life. Indeed, they did. And and remember, there's a distinction here. Uh, people who start their careers at 18 and 19 years old are sort of free from the influence on their formative years. Uh, and when you come from a show business family, as Tracy Nelson has pointed out to me several times, and she happens to be correct, when your dinner table conversation is the entertainment industry, you are at least forewarned about the pitfalls. Same thing with the Nelson family. Same thing with Tim Considine uh, from Spin and Marty uh, and the Shaggy Dog. When you're, uh, and Ron Howard, whose mom and dad were players in this industry. Yeah, Rance Howard. Uh, it, I mean, Rance Howard was a, a big time. Act. You know, I mean, he was he he never reached the heights that that Ron did, but he got a tremendous amount of work. Uh, oh, he sure worked a day actor and 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 Gene as well. And, and I love to tell this story. When Ron started making noises about not going on to college, Rance sat him down at the family dining room table. This is a true story. And said, young man, you have been telling America that you were working in show business so you could go to college. So you will, by God, go to college. Mm. Yeah. I mean, well, look at him now. I mean, he's uh, amazing. Are, are his kids involved in the industry? Now, he has let them work a couple of times, very tangentially. You know, it's kind of, you know, come with me to the set sort of thing. But yeah. none of them pursues actively a career. It, yeah, it's very disturbing what's happened over the years. I, just a reminder, this is Frank McKay, and I am speaking to Paul Peterson, who has spent his, uh, spent his life, a good part of his life, protecting children. And it's a daily fight for him and the rights of children uh, not only in the entertainment business but any children that are working and uh, just an amazing an amazing amount of work an amazing body of work you mentioned in 1977 you put out your 10th book how many books do you have out now uh there's 16 in fact they're all being uh formatted for the uh, the Kindle uh, and Nook world. So the e-books will be available in about a month's time, which is kind of fun to have things uh, sort of come back into your life. Yeah. When you, when you see these books come into new formats, are you tempted to reread them? Do you, re do you read your own books or reread them? Well, in fact, I, I have had to because, uh, you know, there's a, a whole bunch of editorial work that goes into uh, this this process. And some of these things, you know, 30 and 40 years in the past, and while I would love to redo them, the truth of the matter is they they are standalone, and, and I'm frankly quite proud of them. You know, I should note uh, that it's not just uh, show business experience that helps a, a parent deal with their famous offspring. After all, look at Billy Ray Cyrus. I think it, all reasonable people will agree that he's messed things up. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he points to, I think he said publicly, he points to Hannah Montana, ruined his life. But he. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when he was getting 12,000 an episode, I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you you would point, point at him and point the blame directly at Billy Ray 
for... Well, it's not a question of blame. It's that he is the responsible adult in Miley's life. And given his past, he should have known better. You know, a lot of kids uh, go through this uh, process and pop out the other side and are just fine. Look, in our group, we have doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. We have world-class painters, therapists. You can do it. But, boy, you've got to be careful. You have to be careful. Well, for those who choose to do it, for those parents who choose to do it, what are the guidelines? What must you what must you do as as parents of child actors? Well, you have to set guardrails. You have to be able to say no. And under extraordinary pressure, you have to be able to say no. Uh, look at Justin Bieber. All of a sudden, he's thrown out there on the world stage with a, uh, an Atlanta-based manager making Boku books, and there's nobody in his life to blow the whistle and say, Justin, stop. You're being a jerk. Mm. He has no older brother. And without the reliance on, on the wisdom of those of us who have gone before, he's at serious risk. And I, 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 every time I hear his name in the news, I, I hold my breath because they, it can be catastrophic. And there's no reason for it. Is there anyone out there that you saw? Well, actually, I think Drew Barrymore is is a success story, even though she had a nightmare uh, start to it. And she started very, very young. And when you hear her story, she was an alcoholic and, and doing cocaine by 13 years old and nine years old. Absolutely. She wrote a book about it, but she owes her life to David Crosby, who took her into his world. And in the course of 90 days, showed her that it is possible to be famous and successful and sober. Hmm. That well, that's the big word there is sober, and yep. yeah, and you know, Mackenzie Phillips. I mean, we God. I, I mean, I can't even think of a parallel in in history where uh, the father. I mean, it's unspeakable what the father uh, did and and allowed to happen in that in that relationship. It's just disgraceful what what he well, did. And, but we almost cross our fingers and and wish the best for her. Oh, for her, we no doubt about it. What happened to her? She's the victim. Uh, that, exactly. And that's what I tell people. When you see a famous child who is getting unwarranted press att attention, and remember, these youngsters are not the authors of their own fate, because children can't be. They can't provide informed consent for the conditions they find themselves in. When you see a kid like that, take a deep breath and be sympathetic to the situation and root for them. Don't root for their destruction. Don't look for headlines in the tabloids. Look for the good. Help the good. Yeah, that, that happens so often. And just a reminder, we have about three minutes left. This is Frank McKay, and I am speaking with Paul Peterson, who has absolutely done incredible work, just incredible work with minor consideration. And give the website again, uh, Paul, if you would. Yes, it's uh, www.minorcon, M-I-N-O-R-C-O-N is in Nora. Dot org. We are a 501c3. We've been around for a long time now. And, of course, you can go to Facebook or Google or any of those other things. You'll find us. It's pretty easy. Just look for either Paul Peterson or a minor consideration. For those who can remember back to the Donna Reed show, was a, a child star with uh, Donna Reed, and and she had um, 
I, you know, she had a, a monster, monster hit in, in, in her day. And also he was one of the original Mouseketeers. Now, how was Donna Reed to work with? Oh, she was wonderful. I, I tell people, even looking back, you know, I'm about to turn 69 years old, and I look back and realize how lucky I was to have a, a woman of sub, such uh, substance and character and experience. You know, Donna Reed was the oldest of five children on a hard scrabble Iowa farm who came to Hollywood to be a star, and by golly, she did it. She was part of the MGM uh, uh, roster of stars. She won an Academy Award before I even had a chance to meet her. But inside that woman was the Iowa farm girl, sensible, calm, and always ready to talk. What kind of advice do you remember getting from Donna Reed? Who, who She wasn't a child star. She was, uh, she was an adult. No, no, no. By the time she was... Oh, I, 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 wonderful advice. And the kind you listen to, I remember now, she, she was not only the, the star of the Donna Reed show, she was my boss. Yeah. Uh, and even though I called her mom in virtually every day of my life and, until she finally said, Paul, I was 26 when she said, call me Donna. Um, I listened to her, whether it was acting advice by saying things like, Paul, you were born with two ears and one tongue, so you must listen twice as much as you talk, uh, to uh, dealing with the, the genuine teen idol fame I acquired in the latter years of the Donna Reed show when she would pull me to the side when there were you know headlines on the tabloids, and she said, Paul, listen to me. You can get away with anything in Hollywood if you're discreet. Hmm. Very powerful message. That is, Even though I was a public person, I didn't have to live the public life. We have about half a minute left with Paul Peterson. One more time, let's give the website, Paul. It's very important. Yes, it's www.minorcon.org. Or Google Paul Peterson. You can find us on Facebook. I have a lot of sites up there. And um, you can sort of join uh, join the group. Well, Paul, you've done terrific work. And the, the other 1600, uh, 600, I'm sorry, 600 actors, former child actors that have uh, joined on and worked with you. Just Just wonderful work. Paul, thank you very much for being here. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Frank. I very much appreciate the time spent with you. Paul Peterson, everyone. This is Frank McKay, and it's been my privilege to talk to Paul Peterson and check out his website. We will see you next time on Breaking It Down.